What you failed to mention was that uh, me and Chris actually met at the Toledo Jeep Fest. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the highlight of his life. (laughs) But that's not why I'm calling. Well, hey, Jeeper, I'm Josh. And on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, imagine you're ice fishing when you see a Jeep on the lake start to sink. What would you do? We'll find out what happened to this 83-year-old Jeeper when that exact thing happened to him. And the Jeep brand just won two awards. We'll find out what for and from who in just a few. That rhymes. I've also got some details about a really cool Jeep event in Michigan that I really wish I could attend. And later in the show, I've got a hack under the hood for all you Jeepers, so stick around. Well, winter is different all over the United States. The only ice we drive on here in Oregon is the kind that falls out of the sky in the form of ice rain. Now, February 4th, an 83-year-old Thomas Lee was driving across an iced-over East Okaboji Lake in Okaboji, Iowa, oh, in this Jeep. When, yeah, I know. So I'll say that <laughs> ten times fast. And he's driving over. He's Good driving job. over this. I mean, Okaboji. I'm probably there you go. the name. I'm probably. <laughs> oh, it sounded good. Somebody's gonna call into the show and just be like, "God damn it, it's pronounced like this." <laughs> it sounded perfect to me. I don't know how to it say was it either. Perfect, exactly. <laughs> well, Iowa winters are vastly different than Oregon Oregon winters, and uh, obviously, he was able to drive his Jeep across a frozen lake. And uh, he was doing this in, uh, in 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 Iowa, obviously, when the ice cracked and the vehicle began to sink. Now, what would you guys do? I mean, you talk about an ultimate pucker factor at that moment. Not drive the Jeep on the ice. (laughs) That's what I would do. (laughs) (laughs) Get out as quickly as I could, I suppose, you know, if you're starting to sink. He was on his way to his son-in-law's fishing shack. And so it wasn't like, well, I'm just going to go out on this lake just for oh, shits and giggles. Oh, I see. No. Okay. So yeah, took a wrong turn to Albuquerque. This, this, yeah, <laughs> this, yeah, this makes sense now. So, yeah, it wasn't like he was out where he wasn't necessarily supposed to be. This is in Iowa. The It gets cold enough out there. The lakes freeze over and thick enough to where you can drive out there, do some ice fishing and what. Have you, anybody here done ice fishing? Chuck, you, you got any, anything like that? I've never. I don't know about you guys. I, I've never done any ice fishing. Anybody here gone ice fishing before, no, Chuck? I, you have those cold winters out there. Any ice fishing out in your neck of the woods? Not a chance in hell. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> no, who the fuck wants to be out there in the middle of nothing? I think it's deep. No, it's stupid. I, 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 I've got a, a, a curiosity, if yeah. you will. I like fishing. I, I, this, yeah. I'm not gonna, I love no, to no fish. Stranger. I love to fish, too. So, um, and so this is just a different aspect of that. Well, There's uh, tools uh, involved. you got to use power equipment. I mean, yeah, come on. A little Let's house that you have maybe a TV you, set up in, you and you get a hole. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, this is the kind of fishing I could get behind where you just got a little cot, I, you know. Gonna, hey, boys, I'm just going to say this right now. Fabio was really attractive person. But I had no chance in hell. But it's not bad. No, I mean, <laughs> you, you got to look at it like, hey, it might look good, but no, thank you. I'm a man. <laughs> Me, uh, just want to state the obvious. Meanwhile, we have a Jeep that's stuck in the water sinking. So what's yeah. happening, Josh? Tell us about it, will you? <laughs> well, so no. out this part, uh, this part of Iowa, obviously the lake is often frozen solid enough for people and even some vehicles to traverse it safely. But the weight of Lee's Jeep was just a little bit too much. And, uh, and the ice cracked and the Jeep Wrangler began to sink. Now, thankfully for him, there was multiple individuals that were close by and they noticed what was happening and jumped into action. Now, before reaching the Jeep, the witnesses in this party were had already called the police, but one young man and four other bystanders decided to act quickly rather than wait on the authorities. And I'm, I'm sure there's at least a couple people here glad that they, uh, that they did that. Now, one particular 17-year-old um, out of this group, he got to the Jeep first. He was able to get on top of the rear bumper and tried opening up the back hatch, but it was locked closed. No response from anybody inside. So um, he's pounding on it. He's pounding on it. Somebody managed to toss him a pocket knife and he was able to hit the glass a couple of good times before it finally broke open. And thankfully, you know, these guys were there in time. Small band of Good Samaritans who had rushed to this old Jeeper's aid managed to rescue both him and his six-year-old dog, Cooper, that was in the Jeep with him at the same time. Yeah. So thankfully, all involved, all the people involved, and the old man, eighty-three-year-old Jeeper, and his dog, and the and the people that were that rescued him, nobody got injured. Um, Everybody escaped. uh, You know, no major injuries or anything like that. Uh, There was a local store that was, you know, on the other side of the lake. Uh, They took the dog in, uh, helped everybody dry him, uh, dry everybody out, uh, got him warm, and all that sort of stuff. 
And now the Dixon, uh, Dickinson County Sheriff's Office, they were the responding uh, authorities uh, for this call. They called out the quintet, the, the five people that, that rescued this old man, for their heroic actions on their Facebook page. Now, evidently, this isn't the first time that a vehicle has fallen through the ice in this very spot. Now, oh, on boy. January 27th, just a week prior to this incident, uh, about eight days or so, the sheriff's office posted an update involving a UTV that went down in that same location. Now, here's where there, things kind of, I don't know, was there a guardian angel involved or something? I, I don't know. Thankfully, in that one spot, in that particular spot, the water's only a few feet deep. Oh, good. That was going to be my question. So, out of, out of that whole lake, there's this one area, and in the, just the water is, is shallower there. You would think that the water would have frozen deeper. Uh, apparently not. But uh, the Jeep went through, and thankfully, he found that one spot of the lake that's out in the middle that, that is not as deep as everything else, and, and, didn't, and so the Jeep didn't end up uh, not being completely submerged. Uh, the picture that we have in the show notes for this episode, you can see it at jeeptalkshow.com. Look for episode 768. You can see this Jeep through the ice and how far it went down. The sheriff's office okay, I- uh, also... Yeah. Well, go ahead. I have two things, but go ahead, finish. (laughs) All right. So the sheriff's office also updated everybody on the good news. Lee, the 83-year-old Jeeper, and his dog, they're back home. They're dried out. They're doing just fine. Despite the dangerous accident and everything involved, they're, they're, they're doing just fine. Recovery efforts got the Jeep back on dry land. And all we know at this point is the insurance company is involved. Um, so, you know, there's, there's going to be, you know, that going on. I don't know the extent of the damage of the Jeep or anything like that, but at the end of the day, everybody's okay. The dog's okay. The Jeeper's okay. It's a good story. Well, this is obviously fresh water, right? I mean, uh, it's not going to yes, be salt this water. A, this is a, this is a lake. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So, so there's a possibility I, that they could, yes. I mean, I'm sure the insurance the company would no, no, yeah. no. Yeah, dried out. I mean, a lot of drying out would have to happen, and it probably is still going to have a problem. But I'm just thinking of a possibility, especially for an 83-year-old. You know, that's horrible. Yeah. No, absolutely. Now, so, the one thing I was thinking of is, is that if this was a CJ, it might not have happened. That's true. <laughs> not, not as heavy. Not as so, heavy. I, 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 Josh, I just kind of want to state the you. obvious. Good Lord, uh, Wendy, you keep trying to talk. What are you, what are you doing know. here? I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea what the hell's going on. It, wait, can you guys hear me? Just Hello? Hello? Uh, is this thing on? Yeah, exactly. Let me, let me you, tap are it. You, yeah. Are you in chat? Because this is how I feel, Wendy. No one fucking <laughs> listens. <laughs> well, Chuck, we're, we're in the same boat today, again, apparently. Oh, great. Uh, so I, I was just going to make a, com- a comment about the sheriff's office. Do you think yeah. maybe they could put buoys or some sort of like <laughs> something out there that says don't track, you know, like on, on, on oh, real lakes Christ, where, where you're on a boat, right? So this has happened twice. Fucking lake. <laughs> Wendy, you're on a fucking lake. <laughs> like, what the fuck are they going to put buoys all on the outside of this ice? Like, hey, dummy. But they're, yeah, but they're letting... But they're letting people go out there in vehicles and fish for crying out loud. So at least they can say, look, in this spot here, don't drive here. It's not California, Wendy. I God know. damn it. Like, <laughs> some people are just going to go out there and be stupid. And you well, watch. I, I, get the, I get that. Yeah. Oh, underneath. Like, hey, hey, you know what, dummy? Good luck. So, actually, I would have loved to have seen that recovery. Yes. Yeah. Because it's not like they have solid land that they're pulling it up and over. Like, how did they get it out of there? I'm I just would think that, I mean, this is so not like, out, like, in... In North Dakota, right? And in North Dakota, you're going to go out there for like two or three miles, four miles, and there's no roads. There's an overpass. So yes. this is not like out in the middle of nowhere like North Dakota. Like this is this a big is, crane and hook it up and then lift it out no, of No, you can see, look, in the upper right-hand corner of this picture, there's a group of people yeah. out on the ice. You know, they're, they're up on yeah. a yeah. couple hundred they're, feet. Yeah. Not, this is not like up north. This is not as bad. No, this is fine. So I would think, you know, originally I was thinking, okay, they got to have divers in there and whatnot. But no, remember the water's only like four feet deep. So they probably just got in there with some waders and, you know, hooked up, uh, you know, a, a, a hook down to recovery point and and then drug him out. Thomas Lee. I'm going to do a YouTube search. Maybe we can't get him on the on the show for an interview. That'd be bitching. 
or at least the round table. I mean, I would assume that uh, the locals, uh, there's something that uh, people either know uh, if the the lake is safe to drive on or not, or maybe there's uh, some warnings when it's not. So uh, I'd be interested interested to know from any of our listeners out there that do ice fishing, because obviously you do drive out on the ice, especially if you're towing one of those little houses uh, out there. You, you're not you're not pulling it out there by hand. Uh, although although a four wheeler probably would be very handy for something like that yeah. because it's it's lighter than a vehicle. Well, so was a UTV, and they went through the ice in this spot. You know, That's a side true. by side. That's so true. and the side by side probably is even less than a CJ. So mm. I don't know. Maybe that comment earlier wasn't all that smart, but Tony, funny. So though. Tony and Josh, Tony and Josh, you know Wayne. I mean, you you guys met Wayne down yeah. in Texas. He's yeah, a cowboy okay. that runs. Yeah, real run, talkative, run. real talkative guy. Very, very talkative. Tony. <laughs> Tony. Gosh dang it. Call the guy out like that. He doesn't listen to the show. It doesn't no, matter. no, we're not the podcast. Oh, he's, he's the, the point, Bronco. Bronco. <laughs> Your show. No. Uh, so he spends like five or six weeks up north right before calving season. Like he just got back two weeks ago and he spends all of his time ice fishing. And oh, I asked him, like, how <laughs> and he's like, dude, I just get drunk every day and you just drive around on the lake. And I'm like, oh, okay, so how is it? He goes, oh, you, you might go four or five miles, don't you know? In any direction, don't you know? Don't you yeah, know? he's close to and the Canadian border. He's, yeah, he's. <laughs> I'm like, how in the fuck is this fun? And he goes, man, it's great. You just go out there. There's nobody. You don't have any worries. You just fish, don't you know? And you Until drink, you fall you know? through the ice. And I'm like, this this is not fun. There's nothing fun about this. But he doesn't have any calves to dick with or hay to dick mm-hmm. with. So I guess that's what he's doing. So like when I watch this, I'm like, four or five miles? There's people right there on this picture. Like this is not, this is ice fishing, yes, but not, no, it's fine. Like, this is a bad ordeal, but it, it'll be okay. That's not bad. So I'm looking at a YouTube video. I just put it in the show notes. We'll have it in the show notes for for our listeners. Uh, episode 768. Uh, the the people that are rescuing the dog and the elderly man, they're doing so out of the back class, which you, you may have stated already, Josh. And mm-hmm. the onlookers, the people that are helping, are literally maybe eight feet from the back of the Jeep standing <laughs> on ice. So... <laughs> Not only, yeah. not only is he uh, in a, a oh, low part God, of the he lake. Just throws the dog. Yeah. Holy shit! Uh, not only is there the low part of the lake, uh, he's only a few feet off of solid ice. And, and do you did you see the ice that has the tread pattern in it? Yes. <laughs> yeah, because he was like, all I got to do is make it right over there. Nope. Didn't make it. Didn't oh, quite. and and this story says there was two ATVs in that spot, not oh. one. <laughs> So somebody's not getting the warning out, you know. Like wow, I said, just incredible. Somebody had a drone out there or something. That it looks like just, it. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Well, good, good job finding that video, Tony. That was, I mean, God, Dave, when they threw that dog onto onto the shore, I just, I mean, the dog was airborne and it goes right into the well, water. It's they like, they oh, probably oh, wanted to get man. the eighty three year old man out as quickly as possible, oh, especially 100%. in the water. I mean, like the that. hypothermia and yeah. stuff like that's going to set in in minutes. So yeah, you got it. You got to move fast. I don't. I don't like oh. seeing a dog do that. But I mean, if it's I, if it's a human or a dog, I, I, I hate to say this as a rancher, I care more about the dog. <laughs> I just, yeah, I do too. I am <laughs> with you, Chuck. One hundred percent. Well, the dog wasn't driving on the ice, was he? <laughs> No, he wasn't. Yeah, it was not, not the dog's fault. That's the problem. Amen, Wendy. Amen. It's not the dog's fault. Sorry. Well, hey, Jeeper, be sure to stay tuned to the Jeep Talk Show for the latest news from around the Jeep world twice a week, every week. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Chuck, Wendy, Josh, and Tony. Well, howdy, it's Wendy. Hopefully you're listening to Newbie Nuggets on our Tuesday episodes. You never know what I'm going to talk up, talk about or bring up. Check it out. And this is Chuck, and I really have to pee. <laughs> well, it's, it's the beer problem. dance over there. I thought you were just showing us your moves. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm Tony, and I finally got a call back from the investigator at the Harris County Sheriff's Office assigned to my case. 
Oh, Jesus Christ. I thought I was like getting Finally getting that uh, that no contact order lifted, huh? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> move on, Tony. Move on. <laughs> well, let's get back to the news. Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. Well, Jeep just got two rather prestigious awards from Motor Week, of all places. Yeah, Motor Week's been around for uh, quite a long time. The now, most Jeep- expensive Jeep ever. Is one of them, I'm sure. <laughs> well, actually, uh, you're not that far off the mark. Now, the Jeep brand is the winner of two 2023 Motor Week Driver's Choice Awards. For over 42 years, Motor Week has held the annual Driver's Choice competition to evaluate vehicles based on driving performance, technology, practicality, fuel efficiency, and value. Well, that's a good uh, roundabout way to uh, assess a vehicle's worth. Now, the new Jeep Grand Cherokee took top honors as the best mid-sized utility vehicle. And the new Grand Wagoneer, that's the uh, six-figure Jeep there, Tony, won the best luxury utility honors as well. Now, through a spokesperson, the uh, Jeep brand said it's proud to design and deliver the best, most capable SUVs in the industry to its customers. John Davis, host and creator of Motor Week, says if you can find a more luxurious or capable SUV, buy it! Hmm. No, that's way. saying something. No, that's way. saying something. You'd have to have it made for you. I mean, pretty much. That that'd be uh, yeah, bespoke SUV. I mean, <laughs> one off. Yeah, I don't know. Now, Motor Week is certainly. I mean, yeah, you know, you you hear Motor Week, and you're going to give them some credit. Um, they're they're not like you know uh, uh, Prius Monthly. Probably not going to give them too much credit. I don't even know if there is such a publication. But Motor Week has been around for a long time. Uh, well, they've been oh, around since very long. The, yes. Yeah, they've been around since before the internet. So, you know, they, they know what they're doing, in other words. Uh, and so when they hand out awards, it's not just some, eh, whatever. You're going to pay attention to it because, they, you know, they, they really have done their due diligence as far as sifting through the wheat and the chaff and bringing the best up to the, uh, up to the, uh, the forefront. And Jeep has won two awards this year. So I think this is the first time that uh, Jeep has won two uh, Motor Week's Driver's Choice Awards uh, simultaneously. Um, you know, when you first said Motor Week, I was thinking that was the bastards that that always speak ill of the Jeep. That's not that wasn't them. It's Consumer Reports, no, right? No, that's Consumer Reports. Yeah, yeah, okay. And I always get Motor Week and Motor Trend uh, mixed oh, up. I do too. In fact, yeah. I thought that's who you were talking about. Oh. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> so not the only one. I see. That's no good. problem with left and right as well. Well, by the time you hear this story, it might be a little bit too late. Now, the event sounds like an absolute blast. And I, I know that I, I can speak for all the hosts. We've all probably heard about different events, Jeep or, or otherwise, that are like, oh, man, I wish I was six states closer. I would absolutely go to that. Um, and so this is one of those for me. And, uh, and uh, the, the best part is it's all for a good cause, too. So there's this group out there called the Blue Water Jeep Owners Club, and they're out in the uh, Marysville, Michigan area. They're, uh, they're doing this fourth annual Polar Bear Jeep Run to benefit children's charities. And it's, uh, the event is set for February 25th. That's why I was saying by the time you hear this, it might be a little bit too late because uh, that, that's the weekend after this episode comes out. So you're not going to have too many days to, to prepare for that. But nonetheless, uh, you're going to know about this. This is an annual uh, event, so maybe you can plan for next year. Now, here's why you might want to plan for this. The event consists of a large community of Jeep owners who raise money and get family and friends to donate in favor of them driving with their tops off in the middle of winter in Michigan, where <laughs> winter sucks. <laughs> it's very, very cold. <laughs> yes. Now, on the, day, on the day of the event, which is probably going to be in the teens with probably a negative something wind chill... Uh, Jeep owners will go through a drive-through registration process somewhere in in Port Huron, uh, where they're going to turn in the money that they raised and and have the tops taken off of their Jeeps. From there, they will head over to the Fieldhouse Sports Bar and Kitchen in Marysville to line up into groups. And there's obviously a bunch of Jeepers, so they got to divvy them out into groups and stuff. There's going to be five or six groups usually uh, of just obviously nothing but Jeeps. Each group will be sent out at a staggered timing. Three different times during the afternoon. It's about a 12 to 4 window that they, uh, that they do this. Um, and uh, they're sending them out for a 30-minute scavenger hunt. The group will be given addresses, different addresses they can choose from, and to go and pick up items from, um, and to go in and, and grab these items and come back. 
and they decorate a polar man, is what they call it. A polar man is a large plywood silhouette shaped like a polar bear. And, cool. uh, and so they, they d- take these different items from these different places in the scavenger hunt, and they bring them back. Um, and each group has their own polar man. And, uh, and, and these bins of items, they can pick one um, from these different locations. They take a group picture to prove that they've, they've, they've been there, and then they go off to another location. They repeat that, and then when the, the team returns... They use the different items they've collected to decorate their polar man. And so if the team arrives back later than 30 minutes, they start to lose items. I think it's like for every oh. five, 10 minutes you're late, you lose another item. That's fun. And so now this isn't just a, an event for the Jeepers. Spectators get involved as well um, by buying tickets to vote on their favorite decorated polar man during the event. The one with the most tickets at the end of the day wins. And the spectators and teams can also purchase or, you know, read rent um, different items from a table in the main event tent uh, to make a team have to use those items on their polar man. So, so imagine this, uh, you and your team, you've got five or six other Jeepers, you're on this, uh, uh, you know, scavenger hunt and you're going to these different addresses and you're thinking, oh man, there's all these different things. I think we could probably make a Hawaiian themed polar man. He's going to have some coconut bras. He's going to have a grass skirt, you know, things like that. And we can put them together and make him look like a Hawaiian polar man, right? Well, then all of a sudden, some jack wagon from the tent decides to throw (laughs) a pair of skis into the design. And you've got to figure out a way to make that work. So obviously things can it. get very creative and a lot of curveballs and things like that. There'll be music and games, live ice carving. I thought that was pretty cool. Raffles, auction, uh, and lots more activities. All going to be part of this huge event that happens every year. Um, all proceeds are going to go towards a local ch- local children's charities. Not just one either. Uh, these include ch- uh, uh, child abuse prevention charities, adopting kids at Christmas charities, backpacks for kids, toys for tots, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and so they really spread it around in the local community. The local money stays local and helps the people in that community. Nice. Now, Very the first nice. year they did this, they thought that they would raise maybe 500 bucks or so. They ended up raising over $9,000. Oh, wow. That was the first year. That was the first year. Now, this is the four, uh, what I say, the fourth, uh, fourth year in a row that they're going to yeah. be doing this. And so um, every year, uh, proceeds have raised year after year after year. Last year, they raised almost 19 grand. That's insane. That's awesome. That's amazing. That is super wow. cool. So obviously, um, you know, it would be really cool to be a part of something like this uh, that helps so many people, uh, helps out a region so much. Um, That's like fun. And, so I, I kind of dubbed, um, you know, freezing for a reason is what these guys are doing, <laughs> right? You know, like so it. they're out there with their tops off. It's like, you know, minus seven wind chill or something like that. And they're out there, they're freezing for a reason. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, these Jeepers out there, the, uh, uh, the uh, uh, Polar Bear Jeep run uh, put on by the Blue Water Jeep Owners Club of Mar- Marysville, Michigan, gets a big fat Jeep way from all of us here at Jeep Talk Show. And, and if you're within that area, um, and you can make it out there. I highly encourage you to become a part of this event. And if you're hearing this after the fact, well, save the date, get a hold of Blue Water Jeep owners of, uh, of Marysville, Michigan, and, and make sure you're on their calendar for next year so that you can be a part of this awesome event. So I don't know if anybody has put this together or not, but I'm thinking this group should reach out to Thomas Lee, the 83-year-old young man that took a dip in the, uh, the icy water. He should be the king of the parade. Because this is it right up his alley. <laughs> oh, jeez, man. Uh, it might be a little PTSD involved for him. but uh, Just a little know. bit. <laughs> hey, dude, you want some water? <laughs> no, no, I'm good. <laughs> you want to go check out the ice carving? No. <laughs> you know what, though, Josh? This is such a creative idea. I mean, you could take this sort of theory and any club that was big enough that had enough people to get involved in different charities they wanted to do. How fun would it be to kind of do a scavenger hunt and then come back and have to decorate something? Well, in a timed scavenger hunt, there's rules and, yes. and, and parameters around it. it and stuff. And, it, and it's not, you know, there, there's there's a spectator aspect to it, too, where they can get involved and sabotage, a, 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 you know, a group that's doing really well. It's like, oh, man, they're it. doing too good. We got to We got to screw them up, you know. Mm-hmm. And so you, you, know, you go and buy a grass skirt for that one or something like that. And again, yeah, all love the it. seats are going to a good cause. So, you know, I mean, it's it's everybody it's, wins. Like yeah. it, it sounds like yeah. it's a twist on White Elephant or Secret Santa. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> you know, when yeah, you're stealing but, somebody's, but, uh, somebody's gift. <laughs> yeah, but it has that scavenger effect, too, where you have to think about what you're picking up and what you're going to do. Have fun. 
Oh my gosh, I wish we lived closer. We could all join. Wouldn't that be fun? All right. What now, a great I don't know time. If you guys, what I a great time to, to have a heated steering wheel and heated seats. Jeez, <laughs> right? <laughs> now, I, I'm going to point you guys to the picture, um, and, and you, the listener, can, can see this as well. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com. Look for the show notes for episode 768. Uh, at the bottom of this story, there is a picture of a woman standing next to an ice sculpture. Beautiful. I want you guys to look very closely at the lower half of that ice sculpture. Yeah, that's a Humvee. That's a Jeep. That's a Jeep. <laughs> it's a Jeep. She actually has there. seven the slots in there. The windshield, <laughs> slot grill, big old Jeep license yeah. plate. That is cool as F. I don't see a Jeep at all in that picture. The yeah, hell it's, it's a, the, the squint ice. your eyes. You gotta squint your eyes a little bit. It's carved in the ice, Chuck. You'll see it. Yeah, it's got a big no. old bear on top of it sticking out You see out the, the bear. Uh, how about the lady with the thumbs up? You see the lady with the thumbs up? Oh, I see the gal. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. I see the bear face thingy, but I don't see no damn jeep. I can kind of see the bear, slots. The bear sitting on it with the, he's got the, the uh, side mirrors carved I mean, out. I can't believe the side mirrors are, are sticking on there. That They must have yeah. done something to hold them on. Because that, man, how many times does that thing yeah. fly off? What? Let the listener like link into this shit and call me and tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> this is bullshit. There ain't nothing on here. That's God a negative Nelly. <laughs> no, I'm not negative at all. I love the show. <laughs> and I'd love to see you, the Jeeper, being uh, you know diligent in interacting with us here at the Jeep Talk Show, and uh, well, interacting with us by letting us uh, giving us a, an email or, or dropping us a, a voicemail, you know, things like that. Head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. You can find out all the different ways that you can interact with all of us here at the show. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. It was last time that you were over at the 4x4 Radio Network website. Well, be sure to check it out because it's the one-stop shop for all of the Internet's best off-roading podcasts. On the Trail podcast, Center Steer podcast, the Jeep Talk Show is there, of course. We've got the 4x4 podcast. Trail Chasers is there as well. All kinds of great off-road podcasts. It's all for free. It's all in one place. The number four, letter X, the number four, and radionetwork.com. That's 4x4radionetwork.com. Head there right now. We'll see you there. Hey, coming up in Tech Talk, a couple of tips for anyone dealing with heater hoses. And after tonight's stories, we really are concerned about heater. <laughs> Things that are warm your ass up. <laughs> yes. Amen. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And a while back, you had Chris from 7slats.com on the show. What you failed to mention was that... Uh, me and Chris actually met at the Toledo Jeep Fest. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the highlight of his life. <laughs> but that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to tell you that most people keep their phone in their back pockets. So it's safe to say that if the government was listening in on our through our phones, they would hear a lot of farts. All right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later. And you have a good one. Bye. You got tech questions? Ah, boy, do I ever. We have answers. Oh, that's good. It's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! Before we dive into this, let me just ask the uh, co-hosts here. Any any of you guys ever had to deal with heater hoses? Have you had to replace them on a a Jeep or any other vehicle before? Of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially with an old XJ. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Well, replacing heater hoses on a Jeep is is a relatively simple process. On most vehicles, it's a relatively simple process. Working on Jeeps has always been relatively simple for the most part, but there's always room for a hack or something that simplifies a process to make a job go easier or more smoothly, right? Well, heater hoses are the two smaller diameter rubber hoses that circulate engine coolant to and from the heater core, which is a small radiator-like device inside the dashboard that provides the heat for the cabin when the fan blows air across it. Now, they typically extend from the engine to the firewall because of where the heater core is located. There may be a combination of rubber and hard lines, depending on which year and model of Jeep you have and what engine it has. Now, despite this, the rubber hoses are a part that can and eventually will go out on you. The job of replacing them, as I mentioned, is relatively simple. Take the old ones off, put the new ones on, and maybe top off a little coolant. Boom, you're done. The issue is, is sometimes the old rubber hose makes a chemical bond with the metal hoses protruding through the firewall, 
And, uh, well, sometimes these are even plastic or have a specialty locking connector on them, which makes things even that much more fun and interesting as trying to get an old hose seized onto a plastic connector is almost impossible to do without breaking the plastic connector or sometimes bending or creasing the metal interconnect hose. It can be a pain in the ass. Not always, but it can be. There are two things that will make this process go a lot easier, though. One is a technique and the other is a tool. Now, first, the technique. Since these hoses are being replaced anyways, how you take them off isn't really all that critical. It's more important that they come off rather than how they come off. So instead of trying to twist and pull them off, simply cut them off. Using a good box knife, you know, uh, something like that, make several passes long ways from the end of the hose at the firewall down the length past the connection point. This will probably be less than about six inches that you'll have to cut altogether, probably even more like maybe three or four. This will enable you to peel the hose off of the connector, saving the hassle of turning a simple hose swap into a dashboard removal. Now, the other method is by using the right tool for the job. Now, you might be so inclined to grab the biggest set of channel locks that you've got and just start twisting away. Now, chances are you'll do more harm than good as the grip of those jaws aren't putting the pressure in the right places and they could do damage. So instead, look for a set of hose grip pliers. These are a very specific set of pliers that are purpose-built to do one job. Grab hoses. They look like a set of needle-nose pliers that have had a really bad nose job. The tips are stretched and bent to form a semicircle on each side, giving you the ability to grab a hose around its entire circumference. This spreads the force around the hose and thus doesn't apply too much pressure in one point. This reduces the risk of pinching, crimping, or breaking, or otherwise screwing up a simple job. They come in various sizes, so make sure that you get one that closely matches the diameter of the hose that you're working with. If in doubt, we'll take a slice of the hose with you for reference or take a measurement beforehand. Now, the tool is relatively cheap, at least compared to the cost of what not having the tool could turn into. This may be a tool that you don't use very often, and honestly, it's probably more true than not. But the alternative is a lot more expensive and time-consuming. At least this way, if a fellow jeeper needs a helping hand, you have the right tool for the job when it comes up. Yeah, those pliers are really handy. Of course, I've never had them... Uh when I needed them uh, to pull the uteroses off. Right. I find twisting them. And you have to be really careful because you don't want to damage the heater core, which you can do, and then, then you're not going to have heat. Yeah, yeah. Or you're not going to have a Jeep to drive without doing a heater core bypass, which would be essentially uh, bypassing the heater core, taking those two hoses in the engine compartment and connecting them together so that the engine coolant will circulate back into the engine and not onto the ground. Yeah, I got two TJs that are bypassed. Uh, really? on this, wow. On the older rigs, we just, like you said, you, you just cut them on the yeah. lengthwise because they are, like, on, on all of our rigs, they are so old. Mm. You know, they are, like, welded to the mm -hmm. aluminum or whatever it is, and you, you just cut them, and then you pry the shit off. Like, you never just try to yank shit because no. that's... Yeah, that's where yeah, you that's get a, damage. Yeah, That's actually, yeah. If you, if you, I'm sorry. If you're replacing the hoses, uh, absolutely, is you cut it off and then take that uh, that knife and then off. slice it on top or whatever to to kind of peel it off. Use a, a screwdriver to peel it. Uh, but it's so strange how well it sticks. I guess it's a good thing uh, as far as leaks go. So here, here's yeah, actually a little bit of a of a little bit of a pro tip for you. So after you get your hoses off, you're going to put new hoses back on. Smear just, I mean, like dip your pinky in a little bit of grease and just go right around the inside of that hose or on the outside of the of the interconnect. And, and that's going to allow the hose to slide on really easy. And worst case scenario, if you still own the Jeep, when these hoses go out in the future, they're going to come off so much easier next time. If nothing else, you're doing the next owner a big favor. Wow. When you put grease then in the coolant... No, dude, because I'm not talking about slathering. Like, you're, you're not packing wheel bearings here. We're, we're just talking about uh, just enough lubrication to where the hose will slide on and off easily. We're not gooping up a bunch. Of, yeah, and honestly, if you get a little bit in, in, in with the coolant, it's not the end of the world. So it's on the outside of the sleeve. Yeah, I get it. So it's on the outside of the sleeve, just enough, so you're not going to get a bond between the rubber and the metal hose. Exactly. 
Yeah, I get it, man. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I was afraid you that's were going to say anti-seas. I hate hearing about anti-seas. <laughs> oh, fuck. Larry, <laughs> damn, Larry's listening right now, and he's like, damn it, throw some anti-seas on there. <laughs> yes. Bitching. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that's actually pretty good. God damn it, Josh. Quit being <laughs> fucking right. Son of a well, Jeeper, if you have anything to add, or maybe you have a question for Tech Talk, a topic that you would like to hear covered here on the Jeep Talk Show, just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Send us a message. Who knows? A future episode of the Jeep Talk Show might just be covering a topic you suggested. Hey, coming up on episode 769 tomorrow, our Friday, because every Friday is an interview episode, Matt Howell of Howell Engineering, or I'm sorry, Howell Engine Development, Inc., or Howell EFI. So, I mentioned at the top of the show that I finally got a call back from Harris County uh, Sheriff's Office about uh, my case. Does uh, yes. does everybody remember about the case, about what's going on? Nope. I mean, there's some listeners out there going, oh, what did Tony do? What did he do? <laughs> well, He's Tony. in trouble. Just a 30-second, uh, quick 30,000-foot uh, flyover synopsis of, uh, of what happened and where we're at. Yep. Went to uh, Sam's Club with my wife, uh, came out, uh, loaded up the, the groceries to go home, got home, uh, unloading the groceries, and I noticed that uh, the driver's side uh, fender flare was uh, messed up. Somebody had taken something to it and gouged that plastic, had wow. a nice little plastic curl, checked for more damage, and the, the front of the hood was uh, scratched, and all the way over to the, uh, the passenger flare. So uh, I, uh, I contacted uh, Sam's. They got video evidence. I contacted uh, the Harris County Sheriff's Office. Uh, they got that video evidence. I had some uh, dash cam footage uh, that didn't actually show the crime. Fortunately, the Sam's Club video did, but it did have the license plate number and various pieces of information. Got uh, got all that over to the Harris County Sheriff's Office, and I have been spending the last weeks making multiple phone calls waiting for this to be assigned to an investigator. Wow. And uh, the the lady that uh, I've been talking the most to that's in charge of uh, victim communications, she recommended that I let them know that it's a felony because of the cost involved, which is uh, over $2,800, and that uh, there's ample evidence that she thought uh, for them to easily uh, take care of this case. So I'm hoping that's the reason why, because I, I did articulate that to several people. Does that, does that mean SWAT is going to get involved? Sniper team? <laughs> I mean, when she says take care well, of, I'm just, I, I, come on, give me some, give me something else to work with here, because my imagination the is lines, no. Josh, if there's please. a sniper team involved, I'm hoping that I can wedge wedge in with my. Uh, <laughs> so, but Tony, my is it, was it possible that this person did this to multiple vehicles, or was it targeted to just yours? Um, the I have not seen the sam's club video i saw a little snippet of it on on somebody's phone but uh, i don't think that it was widespread because it was an individual that was uh that i was parked behind they they kind of pulled into the the the, like the spot i was in and and pulled forward so when i pulled in i pulled in right behind the truck where the bumper is so i get the feeling that it was uh and and i'm i'm going to try to get the guy on the phone i mean even if i have to call the uh the 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 payphone at the jail uh, that he's staying at, and uh, we'll we'll a- ask him those questions. But uh, the information I have, and I think I've shared this before, sixty uh, eight year old male uh, works in a medical f- profession as a registered nurse, and uh, and this is the thing that confuses the hell out of me. He's driving a brand new GMC pickup, and. That's the thing that's so hard for me to understand because if people... Because he was, he was so pissed off that your truck looked better than his and he knew that it cost <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I just, but to me, whenever I have a vehicle and I think about damaging somebody else's vehicle, and we all think about stuff like this and never act on it. It's always for uh, good reason, though. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's different when I want to do it. Uh, but I think about, well, if I do this to somebody's vehicle, what's that going to, that, that's just going to be society saying, okay, it's okay to do this to everybody else's vehicle. I don't want anything bad happening to my vehicle. And, and I, I, it just boggles my mind that he's got a brand new vehicle and, uh, I mean, dash cams are so prevalent nowadays that even uh, I was pretty sure I knew who the individual was that did this. And if I was a different type of individual, I would just look up the license plate number, find out where he was, and just mm-hmm. trash the hell out of his truck. I mean, it's retribution. It's vengeance. 
Uh, but uh, I'd much rather have the uh, the police take care of it. I had no idea that it was going to be a felony. Uh, I mean, I had no idea that it was going to be $2,800 worth of uh, repairs. Well, it's a good thing you're in Texas, because in California, nobody be calling you back. What the hell is a or, dash or cam? <laughs> oh, jeez. Gosh dang it, Chuck. My new cars don't have a dash cam. What the fuck are you talking actually, about? Actually, that's a good point. Uh, and I think I've made this point in prior episodes. You need to get a dash cam if for no other reason so that whenever an accident happens, it's not your fault. You now have video evidence to show the police. Uh, because Should I tractors? I'm sorry? Should I put that on my tractors? Uh, I mean, tractors got little baby dashes. They're, they should are, I just get a little beach cam? They are not very expensive. In any place where you think you might be held liable for something that you're not liable for, uh, now, mm-hmm. keep in mind, it can be used against you <laughs> to show that you are liable. But oh, it, shit. <laughs> get rid of those sons of bitches. And I don't want them things anywhere near me. <laughs> but... But if, if if you're a good driver and you don't have accidents, get you a dash cam so that you can have video evidence and just own up. If you do something, if it's your your fault for the accident, own yeah. up. The insurance will take care of it. Uh, and, and you know, don't and, don't lie about it. Hey, and if you do f up, just throw your empty beer cans at them. They'll go away. No. Yep. Yep. Nobody. So, uh, Josh, you have been driving the XJ. Have you been driving it to work or? Uh, Every single day. Oh, really? Yep. Does really? No, I, haven't, I haven't driven the Honda since I started the XJ. Oh, I take that back. I've driven, I, dri- I took the Honda to the, to the store the other day, but, uh, but that was it. So, no, I, I haven't driven the Honda essentially uh, since the Jeep has started. That's great. What do you? Oh, holy fuck! <laughs> that shit, bro. Well, you you, you work so close to home now. You can literally do this, yeah. and it doesn't cost you five hundred dollars a month. No, hundred percent. Uh, and so that that's the main reason why I, I am I'm doing this now. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm still spending twice as much ga- in gas as I would. Oh yeah, Honda. That's just the it's way it is. You feel like a man? Then fuck do it. <laughs> Who fucking cares so much? I just, God I just miss the Jeep. I, I yeah. miss having heat in the vehicle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I I miss having a uh, you know a decent stereo. I, I miss uh, having the comms equipment. I, I I I miss you know not having my ass eight inches off the cement. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you know, that's the part I would hate the most. Is yeah, driving do down it. real low. Super no, I mean, no, yeah. No, don't get me no. wrong. Uh, the Honda seats are far more comfortable than the XJs, but uh, but that being said, I, I'd still much rather drive the Jeep. So. Well, I think Chuck said it very well. Now you feel like a man. <laughs> well, the yes. the important part is is the Jeep is the Jeep is running. Uh, it's back and driving. Um, uh, I've got a couple. I mean, I've, I've I've got a belt squeak. I don't know if it's a belt squeak or a tensioner pulley that is giving me uh, issues, but I've got a little bit of a squeal. I've got to address. Um, I've got a couple of little things I got to I got to take care of. Uh, nothing you know, hugely major or anything like that. So that's great. Uh, but that's, it's still, Jeep is still drivable, oh, and I even got a chance to uh, to uh, get it and, and wheel it last weekend. So I took it up into the it. hills. And uh, dropped it in the oh. four low. Got a chance to to get the Nexons dirty and uh, uh, see how they how they performed and stuff. And and um, and so I I was I just been itching. Uh, and so I went up uh, to uh, Lottie Flats, a place really close to me. It's about a forty five minute drive. Uh, and I did the eight hundred trail. Uh, it's the closest trail to the uh, staging area. Uh, it's like it's I don't know, it's by a three mile loop or something like that. And um, um, hopped on there and just I didn't even air down or anything like that. Just uh. Dropping four low, just uh, had a chance to uh, run the Jeep through its motions and, and uh, run the Nexons uh, through some uh, t- terrain and, and see how they did. I, I zero wheel spin. I mean, it was soupy oh, and muddy as all hell out there. Neat. Um, amazing I, tires. Yeah. I, I, did, I, I did not air down, and so there was a couple of rock gardens I purposefully avoided. Um, uh-huh. uh, again, this was uh, more or less a shakedown run. I still have a couple of minor issues going on with the Jeep, so I wasn't trying to do a big wheeling trip. Or anything like that. So uh, just getting out there and stretching the Jeep's legs, uh, getting a chance to you know get the suspension cycled through, uh, get the transfer case dropped down into, into four-wheel drive a little bit, uh, and again getting a chance to see what those next can, next ends can do. And uh, and I was I was pleasantly surprised. 
So, Josh, uh, real quick on the itching, uh, what you might want to do is steam clean those seats. It has been sitting out in the uh, in the garage for a long time. You know, you, you say that, and it's you're, you're actually you're not you're not too far off base because I mean, it, the oh, Jeep was in the garage for, for about three years. Um, the window was down. I, oh, I no. own pets. Yeah. You know, I've I've got a cat that that likes to make his home out there occasionally, oh, and uh, and he's he's a he's a Jeep Mew. And and so he he's he fuzzed up my seats pretty good. Uh, I'll bet he did. I'll bet so he had his girlfriend in there too. There's a little bit of detail in work that honesty, needs to happen in there. So in all honesty, Josh, I mean everyone wants to know, and self my, myself included. So well, this is a good thing. So so far you haven't fucked anything up. <laughs> <laughs> I am due for an oil change uh, to get the breaking ask. oil yeah. uh, out. Okay. Um, so I'm I'm probably going to be looking at. At possibly doing that this weekend uh I'm, i don't know if i'm gonna have time for that or not but uh but we'll see so uh yeah uh oil change is is, uh, is due josh. yeah josh make time for it just so you can say chuck i did not fuck anything up please dear god make time for well you can say that change. now no i can say that i can say yeah, that now so because the the jeep's oil pressure has stayed good i have no yeah. uh check engine oh, lights uh my my low washer fluid light came on when i was out on the trail because uh, i got some, some uh off camber situations yeah. and a trip to sensor and so i freaked out for a second there because i heard the <laughs> yeah oh and, my and, god and, what and, and the light comes on in the dash yeah. i'm like oh, oh what's that oh god oh, <laughs> josh it's just a low washer fluid okay yeah check Say it, Josh. Say it. Say it. I did not fuck anything up. Say I it. I did not fuck anything up, Chuck. I and I, I, was, I knew that I was not going to do it. He said, "Up, Chuck." Yes. <laughs> All right. E EJS. Here we come. <laughs> well, yeah, we're still talking about a quarter million mile motor here. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'll you didn't fuck anything up, man. It's about God. Damn time. Now, before I do any <laughs> any serious road trips, I've got an exhaust leak down at the collector that I need to uh, take care of. The downpipe that I had, uh, uh, custom downpipe I had made, uh, did not quite line up to the header the way that it lined up to the the uh, the last hey, manifold that hey, I had on there. Hey, so. Hey, hey. Hold on, Josh. You said that you fixed that with a ratchet strap. Now, goddamn it! I, I moved it into place so that I could get it lined <laughs> up. So honestly, they're, they're about an Josh, inch off. Josh's saving grace ratchet straps fixed everything. <laughs> Are you saying that all the all god knowing ratchet strap didn't fix it? Come on! Well, it just kind of got in place. It enabled me to to get the Jeep started. Yeah, uh, there you go. And, and been driving it. So, you know, uh, so is that something you could put a torch Josh. on, Josh, with uh, the ratchet Josh. strap? Or yeah, honestly, if I if I disconnect the O2, I could probably break out the oxygen acetylene, uh, which I do have at the shop, and I could heat that up a little bit and and manipulate that myself. Possibly, we're right there at the oil pan, though. I mean. Gosh. right there uh, so i would okay. much rather have the exhaust shop just cut that out and and make me a new one yeah and i'll hey, I'll, I, I'll give you a warning make sure that they put that o2 sensor bung in properly because oh I, they did the last time too i so. ruined an o2 sensor going over a railroad oh. track because they had it slightly off and it came oh, in and contact. The control arm control arm came up something and, yeah yeah that's what it is because it's right there Hey, Josh, I'm going to use this time to say that uh, tie wire works really, really well to oh fix it. Oh, God, here, here we go again. <laughs> Which is not exactly like bailing wire. It's a little thinner. Do they have a synthetic actually, alternative, uh, Chuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Killing me. And smart. I'm just going to say that works better than ratchet straps. People I just are, wanted to say that. Going, I don't know why that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> gotta listen to all the episodes. Gotta listen to all yes, the episodes. Yes, you do. Has to <laughs> yeah. do with an opinion. There you go. Yeah, if you're not a constant listener, f yourself and go back and. <laughs> That's not going to help us get those listeners. Shut up! Thanks for that, Chuck. Oh, oh, God damn it! Yes, it is. Chuck, come on, just go listen. <laughs> Chuck, come I on got, back. I got to ask you. You took a trip to California about a year ago. And you listen to yeah. all the back back episodes of uh, the Jeep Talk Show, and even after that, you wanted to listen to the new ones. That's yes. Right. You just recently did another week long trip to California and had that long drive over there. What did you listen my to? Wife, what did you listen to? My wife, was, 
I listened to uh, Jeep talk show stuff, and my wife was not very happy. <laughs> she's like, I have to listen to you in, like, in live form, yeah. and now I have to listen to you on the radio? I was like... <laughs> but, but unlike your son, Josh, she really enjoyed the Nikki G segments. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was like... <laughs> oh, yeah. Was, That's a ticket. <laughs> yeah, I, I looked at her, and I was like, hey, baby, come on. <laughs> I'm on a video, <laughs> and she was like, "You suck so bad." So Chuck, <laughs> Chuck, you need to start saying this, and so you and Josh can both be known for this. You just tell your wife, "I'm, I'm on a, I'm on a podcast. I'm kind of a big deal." <laughs> like, can you hear like my voice? Like, I'm a 13 year old girl right now. Like, my voice is not good. Well, however, this I'm day and age, you can be whatever you want, Chuck. <laughs> I yeah, how you want to a, identify it's up to you. You do you, <laughs> Chuck. And this is where the show. Hey, Josh. God damn it. I do not identify as a 13 year old girl because my <laughs> wife can be in prison. So, <laughs> yeah. so we're not making fun of, uh, <laughs> I'm not making fun of Ohio, but this is where the show goes off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> Way off the rails. Now, that <laughs> might be too soon. The end of the show. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> Watch the news, Chuck. <laughs> I don't do that. Well, speaking of news, uh, how about you signing up for our newsletter? Chuck even gets our newsletter, I think. He used to. Chuck before we blacklisted read. it. <laughs> <laughs> what? All you got to do is head over to jeeptalkshow.com. Hit that contact button. You're going to find out all kinds of great information about how to interact with us here at the show, but also sign up for the Jeep Talk Show newsletter, which has a ton of information about what's happening here on the show, what's going on behind the scenes, and uh, and all, all that good stuff. But it also has information about how you can join us for our Tuesday Roundtable episodes. Highly encourage you to uh, to check that out. Uh, we're, we're doing four episodes a week, and every Tuesday we record a live episode with you, the listeners, and we highly encourage you to join us next Tuesday. Happens every Tuesday, so head over to jeeptalkshow.com today, hit that contact button, and sign up for the Jeep Talk Show newsletter, and we hope to see you next Tuesday. Well, that's all the Jeep Talk Show we've got on the trail for now, Jeeper. Until our next episode, be sure that you're locked into our Facebook page for all the latest from JTS. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's largest, most downloaded Jeep podcast. And if you can't keep it between the ditches, then make sure that you can get out of them, over them, or through them. Just don't get stuck in them. Amen. Broadcasting since 2010.